friends from Faraway Podcasting presents Ill Will. Ill Will is a horror anthology podcast written and directed by Keegan Vanderwicken. Ill Will may contain themes and topics not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, now that is strange. How did you get in here before me? Well, make yourself comfortable, I suppose. This is my old bedroom, and it appears my mother took it to heart when she told me to get out, as none of my old things are here. Definitely weird for her to not hoard onto things, but there is this. It is a perfect place to collect my thoughts, and thank you for hitting play. Though, I didn't ask you to. <laughs> I realize that even if they do respond, I still have no idea how to get to Michael. It may be beneficial to lay everything out as far as I know. With that in mind, my mother, Mary, is still missing and I have no reason to believe she is dead, as I still cannot force her spirit to appear to me. Two. Michael is also missing. I believe he is with the reflections, though which ones or how I can get to him is still a mystery. Three. It seems that Michael was working with... Uh... Yes, Lily, in order to hunt something down. Thank you. There, four. There appears to be an uptick in people who are disappearing and being pulled into another world. Number five. Additionally, there is also a large number of people being attacked by things pretending to be human. Right. With that information, let's hear from someone who has an experience going into the world of their reflection. My name is Emily Winters, and I believe I have something useful for you. I've always been a creature of habit. Each day I descended into the depths of the New York City subway, navigating the bustling crowds and the cacophony of sounds echoing through the tunnels, but on that fateful evening. As I boarded the train for a long-awaited journey home, I couldn't have anticipated the nightmarish odyssey that lay ahead. The subway car was unusually crowded, a sea of weary faces pressed close together, and I found myself at a spot near the window, and soon the familiar rhythm of the train began lulling me into a trance-like state. As I gazed out at the dark tunnels rushing by, I couldn't help but notice my reflection. At first, it was just a subtle distortion, a check of the dimly lit subway car, but as the minutes ticked by, my reflection seemed to grow more pronounced, itching closer to the glass. Panic nods at my insides, and I couldn't tear my eyes away from the eerie transformation unfolding before me. I felt my heart 
begin to pick up speed as I watch my own reflection detach from the glass, taking on a sinister life of its own. Cold fingers, like the icy grasp of death itself snaked out, seized me by my shirt, and before I knew it, the subway door slid open, as if compelled by some supernatural force, and I was yanked out into the shadowy labyrinth of the subway tunnels. I was distorted, disoriented, and I couldn't stop myself from shaking. I stumbled through those tunnels, passageways, and the air grew heavier as the oppressive stench of decay hung in the darkness. I had entered a realm beyond the boundaries of the everyday and into a grotesque nightmare. I did all I could. I continued stumbling forward. My footsteps echoed in the oppressive darkness, and the faint hum of the distant train engines seemed to taunt me, growing softer and more distant with each passing moment. I felt like I was trapped, and beads of sweat had already begun to form on my brow. The rails and comforting noise of the city were long gone, and I was alone in this alien place. My frantic footsteps echoed through the tunnels as I pushed forward, and the relentless darkness surrounding me embraced me. My fear gnawed at me, and my thoughts began to become fragmented and jumbled. Each corner I turned revealed only more of the same, an unending nightmare of uncertainty and despair. I could not make out the shapes around me that seemed to be moving just out of my eyesight. I would soon wish that I had remained blind to the truth of what was hiding down there. Just as despair began to overtake every rational thought, I heard it. The distant, unmistakable rumble of an approaching train. With each passing moment, the sound grew nearer. The glimmer of hope ignited within me. As the cacophony of wheels on tracks reached a crescendo, a sudden burst of light illuminated the horrors around me. I gasped in disbelief as the walls that had seemed like concrete took on a nightmarish reality. They were not brick, but were instead composed of raw meat, pulsating with a grotesque rhythm and glistening in the sickly glow of the approaching train's headlights. The now bright lights and noise of the train revealed the horrors of my situation to me. I fell helpless to the floor, and eventually the train passed, and once more the safety of darkness surrounded me. I continued my journey, taking extra care to not touch the walls. Every corridor seemed identical, an endless maze. My mind swirled with confusion as I tried to retrace my steps but the eerie, fleshy texture of the walls seemed to shift and change disorienting me further. Whispers of voices, ghostly and instinct, echoed through the tunnels, heightening my terror. It was as if the very walls themselves were alive, whispering secrets I was never meant to know. As I ventured deeper into the subterranean maze, I encountered other inhabitants of this bizarre underworld. They were twisted figures, their forms a grotesque parody of humanity, their bodies were a patchwork of loose, sagging skin draped over pulsating mounds of quivering meat. In my terror, I lashed out at one of the abominations, pushing it away, and to my horror, 
it fell apart with a sickening squelch. Like a pile of discarded flesh, it fell away. And the overhead lights flickered, and all the nightmarish beings turned to face me. Their attempts to mimic human appearance ceased, revealing their true nature. They knew I was different. They knew I was not an imitation. They knew I did not belong, and they wished to steal what I had and make it their own. Desperate to escape, I had no choice. I couldn't climb out, so I ran. But the horde of fleshy abominations closed in, overwhelming me. The thick, meaty forms pressed against me. Their touch was not warm, as you would expect from freshly exposed meat, but instead cold. As they grabbed me, and I was enveloped, I knew they could feel my warmth. They reacted to it, not recoiling out of fear. No. It was excitement. As the meat tightened around me, I began to suffocate. I had always read that drowning was supposed to be a peaceful way to die. What I was feeling was not peaceful, but instead horrendous. As my life began to ebb from me, my mind raced with nightmarish thoughts. Are these creatures trying to mimic me? To learn the form of the human body? No, I realized all too late. The bits of mutilated meat were happy. Happy I was there. Happy I was joining it happy for fresh meat. In my final moments, as the darkness closed in, I heard a train approaching, and I felt the force of the meat hoist me into the air. As the train began passing by, I caught a glimpse of the subway light streaking above, the light bouncing off the glass now in front of my face, and pressing against the glass, and the reflection, no. In the real world now, my own doppelganger smiled with a sinister hand raised to its lips. I wanted to scream, but could not. I no longer had vocal cords on the inside of my body, as they had been absorbed into the pile of meat. I realized as I stared at my real body that I was stuck here. I would never be leaving, and above all, I felt cold. The warmth of my living body had been stolen and I would never feel it again. Um, yes, you're... You're right, I need to... <clears throat> Number six. The meat is definitely involved. Hmm. Thank you again for helping me, and no longer pretending that you can't move on your own. Do you have a name? Right. Well, I'm sure I'll think of something to call you, but in the meantime, it is going to be so nice to be able to sleep in a bed. <laughs> <laughs>